Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to be a person of faith in a culture against faith. So let's talk about fixing the, the, the broken social justice systems that we have set up, I guess. Yeah, something along, let's talk about, let's talk about fixing our broken systems. Um... Not necessarily solely in a policy way either. Correct? What do you mean solely in a policy way? What would be other ways you would correct a system outside of policy? So, culture. Okay, I'm, I need some examples of what you mean. We have a culture currently that did stem from political issues um but most not all there are still some that exist some policies that exist that are deliberately marginalizing african americans but those policy issues created a lot larger cultural issue fair yes um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, culture is still the driving factor um, of all of it because culture drives policy. Because culture drives who gets into office. Cu- right. Culture drives all of that. So I get, I get what you're saying um, for sure. For me, coming from it from a coming at it from a social work perspective, when you say we need to fix broken systems, my brain immediately goes to policy. Policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. That makes sense. Definitely in your shoes. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I mean, and honestly, we're recording this, but I don't know when this is going to go out. Um, because I may try to do something else, but um, what we're doing is we're having a conversation about what's called what's come to be known as the social gospel. Right. This idea was popularized by Walter Rauschenbusch, who was a Baptist minister uh, in Hell's Kitchen, New York, um, in the 20th century. And he believed that all of existence had been corrupted by the fall and the effects of sin and death. Um, Including the systems um, and the way that he arrived there um, from like a biblical perspective was from Genesis 3 and the fact that the earth itself was cursed mm-hmm. and that God says it will now bear thorns and thistles. Right. Um, and so like over time we just see like Clearly, things are getting worse. Right. They're not getting better. Global warming's going up. Right. Like, things are progressively getting worse. The average age of health is going down, almost as if the effects of sin and death are compounding. Right. And we're just staying alive for less and less time um, overall. So, Walter Rauschenbusch believed and what's now come to be known as the social gospel, that, that all of existence was in need, and all of society was in need of redemption. 
was in need of the experience of the kingdom of God. And so the, the way the, uh, Tim Mackey talks about it, the Bible project is he says, um, justice is, you know, very, um, closely related to righteousness Mm -hmm. or straightness. Mm -hmm. That would kind of be like straightness, the, the straight, right, correct. Um, and the unjust would be like crooked or broken. Right. Um, and I was trying to think about this today. Is there anything in existence that you can think of that's not fabricated other than certain kinds of trees? Because even trees can be crooked. Mm-hmm. So other than certain types of trees, is there anything that's perfectly straight? Naturally speaking. Yeah, not that it can't be fabricated. So it can't be like metal because all metal metals fabricate. Like, yeah, no. Not that I can think of. Maybe. Some weeds that well, grow straight out of the ground. Well, I was trying to think like maybe on a scientific level, like maybe like a beam of light, but that's vibrations. Right. And so it's really not. Um When I really began to ask this question, is there anything other than trees that are like perfectly straight? I couldn't think of one. Um, And that kind of led me down this path of asking the question that Tim Mackey poses in their podcast series on on justice um, that Straight things become crooked over time. Straight things become broken over time. Mm-hmm. So think about it this way. Um, if I do all of the hard work and I level out ground perfectly, it's perfectly level, and I pour a concrete slab and it's perfect, 100% smooth, 100% square, It's perfect. 100% level, everything. Will it crack? Yeah. So straight things become crooked or broken over time. Well, even if you look at a concrete slab that's been there for a while and there's a drip line on it, you will eventually start to see concrete erode and wear. Straight things become crooked or broken over time. Why is why is it important that we have conversations about fixing our systems? Because our systems, even if you want to say, which I think is a stupid thing to say, if I'm being honest. That it was once straight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you want to say that because this is God's country or, you know, our founders believed in God. They didn't believe in a Christian God. They believed in like a deistic God, most of them. Um, so I kind of think it's a dumb thing to say that it was once straight, especially considering that like 100% of everything we have was from slavery. Right. Um, it's kind of dumb to say that. But if you want to say that, um, 
I don't think you can hold that line for very long, considering that we just had a racist murder almost a dozen people yeah. in Buffalo, New York, in a grocery store. That's that culture issue that I was talking about. Well, yes, it absolutely is. And, you know, I, I'm a student of comedy. I love comedy and the way that comedians communicate. And every time we talk about culture or policy or those kinds of things in this, in this conversation, I'm always drawn to something that Dave Chappelle says. And I know, I know people have different thoughts on Dave Chappelle. Um, I think he's one of the greatest communicators on the planet. Um, that's just how I feel. I agree. Um, he says in one of his Netflix specials, which we've seen him live. Mm. Oh, if you haven't seen Dave Chappelle live, you haven't seen Dave Chappelle at his best. Incredible. In freaking credible. Um, In one of his Netflix specials, he says um, Brown v. Board of Education was, in, was passed in 1955. Desegregation of schools, right? Mm -hmm. Black people are equal. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody called me the N-word in traffic <laughs> on Wednesday. Um, it's going to take some time. It's that culture versus policy conversation yep. we're having, Absolutely. right? Because just because you change policy doesn't mean you've changed culture. Exactly. Just because they changed the law didn't mean that hundreds of years of brainwashing and indoctrination of poor white people. Sure. That black people were subpar humans. That didn't go away just because the government who historically this group of people don't trust. Yeah. Came out and said, oh, hey, we've changed our mind. But even from like a church politics per, church politics perspective, you can have a new pastor come in and try to change things, and then what happens? The the old gray hairs come up. Well, this is the way we've always done it. It is right? true. That is, it's that same kind of idea that you can have a new president, you can have new uh, senators, whatever, come in and try to change things. But just because on a surface level something has changed, it doesn't mean that the way that the people have been interacting with the system the entire time changes how they feel about Correct. it. Correct. So we've spent a lot of time, I've spent a lot of time talking about Walter Rauschenbusch, partly because I'm fascinated by him. The way in which he wanted to go about changing things and doing things, I'm fascinated buy it and he ended up starting like a i don't know nonprofit fraternity something uh it was called the brotherhood of the kingdom um and it was a justice organization this is my one complaint with walter rauschenbusch he never actually really made any difference the best they got was a park in new york So maybe policy is real hard to change. Policy is extremely hard to change. Correct. Culture is even harder to change. Yeah, but culture is one that we can change. The average person cannot control policy. No. But we can control the culture around us. You can advocate for new culture. 
you can also make sure you don't associate with toxic culture. Agreed. But that is one of those things that everyone has to do. Correct. That would then go and influence policy. Correct. But in a, that's a, an ideal society. Mm-hmm. We're never going to see that. Oh, no, you won't. You're right. But if if we don't try because we'll never see it, oh, we won't oh, ever oh, change. Ag- agreed. Do these things. Don't associate with toxic culture. Advocate for culture change. Call out the racist bull crap that you see every day. Call out the homophobia and the... Sorry. <laughs> Call that crap out. But also... If we're being honest, because our system is so broken, we won't see that change in our lifetime. But it starts in the right now. Um, I actually disagree with you. Mm. I think we will see it in my lifetime. Um, God, I hope so. If we don't see it in my lifetime, we have royally screwed it. Um, well, so here's my thinking. On that, we were making really big strides, I feel, in the equity of racial minorities until Trump. Kind of put a stop to all that, and then all the BLM stuff started happening in relation to Trump. And all the stuff with George Floyd happened. And then Trump not responding to those things in the way that he should have. And our, you know, policy makers not responding to it the way that they should have. We really took a turn. And now we're in a place where it's honestly so polarized that it's heartbreaking just on the BLM issue. I don't disagree with you. Um, however, and my fear is that Trump doesn't, Trump doesn't set back all the progress we made for good. No, but it took a turn. I don't think it took a turn. It slid backwards because it gave racists more power and voice. Fair point. I don't think it turned. The The trajectory is still headed in the right direction. Um, we're Fair seeing more that. people communicate about this and talk about this than we ever have. Um, and we're seeing more people advocate. And that that's really what I want to say. You know, I saw two, video, two videos... And one was a like a Lyft driver, an Uber driver or something. And he pulls up to a stop and he like the lady opens the door and starts to get in the car. And he says, hi, my name's so-and-so, whatever. How are you? And she goes, hey, oh, wait, you're like a normal white guy. And he goes, excuse me? And she goes, yeah, well, you're just like a normal white guy. And he goes, that's really inappropriate. Um, and they begin to have this conversation. It escalates to a point that he cancels the ride and tells him to get out of his car. Because in the words of my friend, Adam Cheney, 
okay, cool, you're not a racist, but like, don't just not be a racist. Be anti-racism. That's right. Like, golly, if you if you let that comment pass at family Thanksgiving, if you let that comment pass at family Christmas, if you let that comment pass with your buddies at the bar, golly, you're perpetuating cultures of injustice. Mm-hmm. Because all you're doing is allowing it to be commonplace for those thoughts to exist. And why do the not racist people, why are they not anti-racism? What, what is that thing that you think that keeps them from being anti-racist? Ask your question another way because I don't understand what okay, you're I'm just going to give you what I think the answer is. It's uncomfortable. It's hard to have those conversations. It feels weird for some people to look at grandma and say, you know what, grandma, that was really racist and inappropriate. You shouldn't have said that. Yeah. It's the hard conversations that people don't want to have. Well, but that's the problem. Why do they not want to have them? You know who doesn't have any issue having this conversation? Black people. Yeah, you know because white, they're oppressed. Correct, because white people don't have fear for their life. It's the white privilege bull. Correct, correct. And here's the real reason I wanted to have this conversation, and specifically about culture, and kind of drive Wellhouse in a, in a way of thinking about this from a culture perspective. I saw Matthew McConaughey have a conversation with Emmanuel Acho, and... If you don't know, Emmanuel Acho is a former football player. He played at the University of Texas. Matthew McConaughey is Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, Matthew McConaughey is an actor in lots of things that you guys know, but he's also a professor of um, acting and yeah. theater at UT Austin. He is like Mr. Longhorn. Yeah. Like he's like the face of that university now. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Acho hosts a show and he calls it uncomfortable conversation with a black man. Mm. He just brings different people on to have just that uncomfortable conversation with a black man. Matthew McConaughey was on. It's right after the Buffalo, New York mass shooting. And they're kind of talking about it. Matthew McConaughey looks at him and asks him the question, um, how can I be better as a human? How can I be better as a man? Mm. He's like, how can I be better as a white man? Mm. Um, it's a hard co- that's a hard question to ask. Yeah, and I, I, you know, Emmanuel Ajo, I think, is a, a fantastic communicator and voice in this space. Um, he said sitting in that chair and acknowledging that there's a problem Hmm. is number one. Nothing is going to change until white people stop telling black people when they've never walked a day in their shoes that there's no problem. Change will never happen until white people start having to cry on television for their lost kids as much as black people do. Change will not happen until white people shut the hell up with their privilege and understand that this is not a conversation that they get to participate in because they hadn't walked in their shoes. They don't get to 
have a voice in this at the rate that they want to because all they want to offer is rebuttals. And the reason that all they want to offer is rebuttals is because they don't know what it means. They don't know what it means for a mother to walk down the street or walk into Walmart with her son, 17-year-old son, and automatically every person in the damn building be put on alert because a young black man just walked in. Yeah. I walked into a lot of places with our mother. When I was young, I was a hot-headed, anger-flared... Someone you probably should have been afraid of. Fight, trained, yeah, was ready to go at any moment. Walked into a lot of places with our mother and some sketchy places. I knew that when I walked into that place, I was looked at as the aggressor. But yet, nobody ever gave me any problems because I was a big white dude. And I was with a little blonde white woman. But if she would have been the same person she is with black skin, and I would have been the same person that I was with black skin, same disposition, same socioeconomic status, because we were poor. Yeah. We didn't have any money. I guarantee you I'd have been in prison. There's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. Until white people shut the hell up and start listening to that conversation... There won't be any change. And this is why what I said yesterday and Sunday about the ministry of listening is so freaking important. The point is, I think the point that you're trying to make here, at least, is that these conversations are hard. These conversations about trying to to right the system and fix the system, they're hard, but they're needed. And what it takes is for the people of power to shut the hell up. I'm actually going to stop you. I don't think these are hard conversations to have. Oh, no, but they are. No, no, no. I don't think this is a hard conversation for you to have. I think it's a hard conversation for me to have. Statistically, I don't think it's a hard conversation for 61% of Americans to have. If you are white, this is not a hard conversation for you to have. It's an uncomfortable conversation. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.